Let each man be convinced in his own mind. And then as we believe deeply, we would grow up in our wisdom. And so the longer we love and the longer we believe, the more wise we become. Then when all that happens, we start to bear fruit. And so uh, I would say pray, pray, don't pray a small prayer. Pray the type of prayer that Paul prayed. A prayer that changes the city. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico. Welcome everybody back to the podcast. My name is Steve Cherico and I'm super glad you're here. And I have the good fortune of sitting with my friend, my brother in arms, Mr. Brent Crow, who has more stories that I want him to tell than we have time for today. Um, but specifically when it comes to first priority, I did ask Brent if he would just jump in a little bit. I'd love for you to tell them just a little bit of who you are, mm -hmm. how you got connected to SLU, yeah. and then really just give them a layout of what SLU does um, for youth ministry, yeah. with youth ministers. Yeah, well, first of all, I am a huge fan of First Priority uh, and for 20 plus years have been. Uh, in fact, was using First Priority strategies uh, when I was a youth pastor over 20 years ago. I know that's hard to believe because I look like I'm you know, less than 20 years old. But uh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bet I'm aging well through chemical living. Uh, and so, I, but no, huge, huge fan. So if you're listening to this and you're involved in First Priority, I'm a, I'm a third party voice. I don't get paid. I'm not a spokesman. I'm none of those things. I just want to say, I think it's one of the most effective strategies and one of the most blessed, uh, and by blessed, I mean the hand of God on that organization, organizations um, on the planet and certainly on the front lines of doing ministry and evangelism um, where it seems that for so many, we've just kind of abdicated that space and said, oh, well, we'll figure that out somewhere else down the road. And, you know, first priorities come along and said, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll go where people aren't willing to go and we'll do what others are not willing to do. Our organization is called Student Leadership University. I, I have the privilege of serving as our vice president, which means that I am the chief intern in our shop. That's what I am. I'm just- Those who know Dr. J. Strack are just not chief intern. That's a fancy way of saying, you just do what you're told and what you're not told that you should have been told. That's and awesome. so- That's awesome. Um, but anyways, I, I do help run our shop. SLU is um, an organization that gives students a 15 to 20 year head start how to think, how to dream, how to lead at the feet of Jesus. Uh, we're very different than other leadership organizations in this sense. Um, leadership development is not, in our opinion, or at least the beginning of leadership development is not sourced in or based in what can you do, but rather it, it starts with uh, not what can I do, but who am I? And so we begin with the creation narrative. We begin with the fact that we are the crown of God's creation, that we're infinitely valuable, uh, and, and he created us to have a measure of influence. We see, see that all throughout the creation narrative. So in light of who we are, in light of the fact that we are redeemed individuals uh, who are part of God's story, what, 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 is it, what does it look like to maximize one's influence for the glory of God? Mm -hmm. And that's what SLU is all about. It's a leadership development journey, and it's a series of conferences that all link up, uh, that begin with what's called SLU 101. That's a four-day conference in Orlando, 
or San Antonio or Southern California, 201, which is five days, is it uh, is in Washington, D.C., SOU 301, we go across the pond, London, Oxford, Paris, Normandy, and then we end out the journey, um, SOU 401. We didn't know what to call it. We had to bring in a consultant and pay a lot of money. You know, we called it 101, then 201. What could we call the fourth one? And they, after, you know, spending a lot of money, said, why don't you call it SOU 401? So at SOU 401, we go to the Middle East, we go to the Holy Land. And uh, when I say the Holy Land, I mean we go to not only Israel, but a couple of Palestinian territories. Don't let that scare you. Uh, Bethlehem, Jericho. Uh, you can't go all the way to Israel and not go to Bethlehem. Yeah. We also go to uh, Jordan so that we can see uh, Petra, mm. uh, which of course is, is, is an important city uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, for those of you who go way back, it, it was in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's also in Transformers 2, um, but it's the backdrop for Obadiah, and that's probably a little bit more important. Um, then the baptismal site of Christ is actually in Jordan. And my favorite spot, by far, is Mount Nebo. And you can go up on top of Mount Nebo at the very beginning uh, of the day, early on in the day, before pollution and it gets cloudy or whatever. Uh, but at the very about 7.30 in the morning, we take all of our conference students up to Mount Nebo. And you can stand there and you can see, you've got a direct line of sight. You have Jericho down below you, the city of Palms. Then you have Bethlehem and Jerusalem. Mm. And so it's the only place in the world, I tell our students, it's the only place in the world where you can see all of the Bible at one time. Creation and fall is behind you. Redemption and restoration is before you. This is, this is a catalytic place in which you can see all four plot movements of Scripture at work, geographically speaking, standing in one spot. And so it's a really cool place to be. So 401 ends with us taking communion at the, or the Lord's Supper, depending on what denomination you're part of, at uh, the, the, the garden tomb. The last thing that those students hear us say is that leadership begins at the feet of Jesus, which four years earlier, Steve, first would have been the first thing mm -hmm. that they... Uh, they heard us say. Hmm. You've done a great job with SLU. Not all of these folks are connected to YPS. Can you talk about YPS and Lyft just briefly as yeah, well? Yeah, sure. Great. Sure. We do two other experiences. Um, to be quite honest with you, we don't do a multi-million dollar marketing campaign. Yeah. We don't have the money and we think it's a waste of money if we did. Um, what our approach to uh, um, sharing the SLU vision is to build lasting relationships. So with that said, uh, we put on a set of two experiences. One is a tour, Lyft tour. Uh, it's a Friday night, Saturday experience. It's a conference tour. It'll happen in about 18 or 20 cities. It's student ministries from all over a region coming together. Uh, there's, usually, there's usually a couple of preachers, a worship team. There's an artist of some kind. Uh, it's really loud and really fast paced and it's probably over before it begins is the way it feels like. Mm -hmm. Uh, then number two, we do something called Youth Pastor Summit. We do four or five, depending on the year, Youth Pastor Summits across the country. It's a two-day gathering. It's about a $350 value that we gift uh, to the youth worker. Um, and it's a combination of some main sessions and some breakout sessions. But a better way of understanding Youth Pastor Summit is, Steve, I, I tell people all the time this, you're gonna sit in three chairs. You're gonna sit in a chair and you're gonna be inspired. That's what we want to happen in the big room. Mm -hmm. You're gonna sit in a chair and you're gonna be equipped. And that's what we hope happens through our breakouts. Like you walk out 
with a page full of notes. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to sit in a chair and you're going to be known. Hmm. You're going to get to know folks from other ministries. And you're going to be able to, uh, in the business world, they'd call that networking. Really, you're just building community. Yeah. And so Youth Pastor Summit is a gift. Uh, it's, but it, because it's a gift, when it fills up, it's full. So if you ever want to be a part of Youth Pastor Summit or want to be a part of Youth Pastor Summit 2023, uh, registration opens usually at the end of the year, beginning of the year. And uh, we'd love to have you. And if I can, I can speak to that, one of my first experiences as a first party staffer was to be at Youth mm-hmm. Pastor Summit Orlando. And in 2008, I remember to this day, February of 2008, being at Hard Rock Cafe Mm -hmm. and not only just listening to the speakers, but then attending the breakouts and seeing there there is something about the culture that you build at Youth Pastor Summit that is more than unique. Mm. Unique is a um, it's a friendly term because it means that it's one of a kind, but it's more than unique because there are there are individuals that that I met in February of 08. Mm that are still dear to me, mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the ministry I currently lead. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would just say to those of you who are first priority, uh, many of you who are new to first priority, you're in one of the new cities, you're in one of the new uh, districts or charters that are being created or have launched this year. There is something about making space for that where I've just seen God over and over again. We're gonna blame Jesus, okay? Yeah. I've seen God over and over again build relationships inside of that that have been lasting. Um, our friendship obviously came out of that as well, but just the idea that there is that third component that I think sometimes when we go to um, other conventions, mm-hmm. other conferences, that that component really isn't part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And I do want to be clear and give you guys credit as much as you have with us. One of the reasons that I drive us organizationally towards who you are is because that component is a mainstay for you. And we've heard others on podcasts say recently, hey, what we've learned post this pandemic is that relationship always mattered. Mm-hmm. And if we don't make that key number one, mm-hmm. we may miss everything else that matters, right? right? Don't take away Youth Pastor Summit. Don't take away Lyft. Don't take away SLU. But if you don't drive it towards relationships with one another that will grow one another, then you may have missed the reason. Yeah. The meeting for the meeting. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. So we're friends. Yeah. I love where God has taken you in the last six, eight, 12 months and five years before that, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't dive deep into that. But I would just ask, can you talk to us a little bit about what the Lord is doing in your world right now and where he's challenging you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're going through a season of, uh, of great challenge, Steve, as you know. Um, my, uh, my, my wife and I, years ago, going all the way back to 2007, felt like we were supposed to adopt. I know that's something very near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, we're planners. We do our best to plan and maximize the time we have. And so we had some goals and like we wanted me, we wanted to get through with my education before we began that process sure. uh, in an effort not to bite off more than we could chew, um, which we ended up doing anyways. Uh, and so... Um, In 2013, I graduated with uh, my doctorate and we immediately began the process of of getting equipped uh, to adopt a child. And we thought that's what God wanted us to do. We had three that we had made at home and we wanted to adopt one. And uh, when we felt the Lord putting that on our heart, we thought that's what that means, you go adopt a child. So we went through, and we didn't want to jump to the front of the line through agencies and lawyers. By the way, if you've done that, no harm, no foul, not throwing shade on you. 
But we thought, hey, let's be salt and light from the inside out. So we, were, we went through the classes, we went through the home studies, we did all the stuff, and we sat in the system for almost four years. And after four years, you start to go, maybe we missed something. Maybe this wasn't what we were supposed to do. Maybe we we're supposed to advocate, raise money or whatever. Sure. Um, and during that time, my, my parents actually moved in with us. My dad's disabled and he had a stroke 10 years ago. And so my parents moved in with us. And um, so maybe the Lord's preparing us for that. You know, we all like connect the dots when things don't work out the way we thought it was gonna work out. And then the pandemic started, uh, we really understood we were in a pandemic, I think sometime in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, April and then in May, in the second week of May, third week of May, excuse me, we received an email from a friend of ours who's a lawyer uh, in uh, child advocacy. Hmm. And she, she said, uh, hey, I got this sibling group of three uh, very hard to place because a couple of the kids are considered older and uh, you know a lot of people. So will you help connect me with some families, help me get the word out? Didn't know anything about what it, I mean, first of all, if she sent the email to me, none of this would have ever happened. <laughs> I would have never looked at it for three months Thank and it would have been too late. But she sent it to my wife and, and that was it. So, you know, uh, I was outside at our home. My wife walks outside with her phone and she said, I need you to read this, I have an idea. <laughs> Uh, I read it, laughed a little bit, and went, what's your idea? Because from henceforth, that would be the understatement of our lives. I've got an idea. Um, so we, we ended up, we ended up uh, um, saying yes immediately with, not, mm -hmm. with no information. Mm -hmm. Didn't know ages, didn't know challenges, didn't know health challenges, psychological challenges, mental health challenges. We didn't know anything. Sure. We just said yes. We met them in person the next weekend, and within five weeks, they were in our home. Um, and so on June, on, in this coming, I won't say the date out loud, I'll try to guard that, but in, in this next month, um, we'll celebrate our two-year birthday as a family. And we do a big birthday on the day that we all became one big family. And we, we are not ca organized chaos. Somebody goes, man, it must be organized chaos at your house. We're aiming for organized chaos. If, if, <laughs> we, if we chaos. get to organized chaos, I'll feel like uh, I'll speak in tongues. I mean, you know, <laughs> right right now it's just chaos. That's all it is. That's awesome. And it's every day trying to figure it out, every day uh, choosing joy before you go to bed. And, um, you know, there's you, every day is filled with some victory, some self-doubt, and a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Um, so you gotta live by faith. And um, you know, that's what we're doing. So we, uh, I, I've walked away from a lot of different things that are fun and shiny and you know, uh, not currently writing a next book. It's the first time I can say that in almost 20 years. I'm not, there's a lot that I've just said. And uh, the other night uh, we were all in the den together. We'd been playing outside. We're all, all six of my kids, Christine and I, watching a movie and it just dawned on me, this is the dream. Yeah. This is the dream Yeah, and that's enough. And um, so yeah, man, we're, uh, we're on that journey. So speaking of journeys, I've mentioned to you personally and I mentioned even on the podcast today, we have this interesting thing going on at First Party that the pandemic turned out to be a gift for us. Mm -hmm. um, just like, and you experiencing this with me back in 2008 through 2010 when the real estate failure happened, whatever that bubble was that burst, right? It was a moment of pause and reinvention for First Party of America. Mm -hmm. 
um, in our relationship really came out of that, right? And then in the midst of the pandemic, there's this new birth that's coming of people that are burdened mm -hmm. for what they believe may be the last days. Mm -hmm. And if they're not the last days, then they're days that they're gonna give towards it mm -hmm. as if it was the last days, right? Mm -hmm. And so out of that is birthing districts of first priority. And so we're being very, very focused organizationally that, all right, where is a pocket of schools between 159 and 189 schools that we can plant a five-year plan, mm -hmm. right? So we've got all of these new folks that are listening to the podcast, thank you for that, that are um, investing into their community in new ways and being trained. But what I thought I'd ask you today is, if there was one thing that you could say to all of these folks that are making their way in, they're not necessarily all new to ministry, right. but frankly, some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are really good leaders in their community already who have said, I'm gonna make a change and mm -hmm. it's gonna be pretty radical mm -hmm. because for the sake of the kingdom, it's the right thing to do, right. right? So if you had an opportunity to have all those people in a room, what would be the one thing that you would say to them today? Uh, that's, a, that's a big question. It is. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer. Billy Graham was once asked, what's the key to your ministry? And he said, it's three ingredients. You pray, um, then you pray, um, and then you pray some more. <laughs> so prayer, prayer, and prayer. Uh, one of my favorite prayers in scripture um, is found in Philippians, and Paul has got a, an affinity, as we all know, towards this city and towards this people. Uh, he is having to wrestle through some of the challenges in that city that we're wrestling through in our day and age. A lot of polarization. Um, the polarization was re all revolved around the idea of citizenship Mm -hmm. and the, the haves and the have-nots, and there had been a huge battle there a couple, few, three generations earlier, and it displaced a lot of citizens. And then now the conquerors had citizenship, Roman citizenship, and those who were, we'll call them the indigenous people, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And now, what happens is Paul comes to town and, and people get saved. Now they want to have church. The problem is the haves and the have-nots don't want to go to church together. So Paul's trying to wrestle through a lot of what we're struggling with today uh, with, with a polarized, divided culture. And he begins his letter to them in the very first kind of, not opening words, but really following his opening words with a prayer. And I, I, that's the, if I could tell you this one thing, it, I would say, look at your district uh, through the lens of this prayer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in verse nine of chapter one, he says, and I pray, this is Paul saying to the people of Philip, I pray, this is what I pray for you, that your love may abound still more and more. And the way that in, in the Greek text that's presented to us is he could have just kept saying more and more and more and more. I mean, he just could have kept going on and on and on. It's that idea. In knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, um, another way, another word for sincere is unhypocritical. We don't mm -hmm. use that English word a lot in our translations because it, it awkwardly fits, mm -hmm. but it's my favorite word mm -hmm. for this Greek word to be translated, unhypocritical. That you may uh, uh, approve of the things that are excellent and you may be unhypocritical and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory of God and praise of God. So I would, I would, I would tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that, that in the days in which we live, um, I wouldn't worry about choosing sides. I would just choose love. 
And I know that sounds so cliche and people may even say it sounds a little liberal. I think it sounds a lot like what the apostle Paul was praying. Yeah. He was saying, here's what I want you to do. I know the city's divided. I know that people have a clear opinion one side and the other, but I want you to abound in love. Not just abound in it, but more and more and more. Like mm-hmm. with each passing day, love more. And then he said, I want you to believe rightly that you'd grow, you'd have knowledge. And then I want you to grow in wisdom, discernment. Um, and then I want you to bear fruit. So as I read this, this, this prayer, and really it's a prayer that changed a city. For you, it might be the prayer that changes a district. Yeah, good. And I want you just to go, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love and I'm gonna abound in love. Not any kind of love, but agape love. God's kind of love, more and more and more. Uh, We cannot understand God's love divorced from sacrifice. So there's gonna be a very sacrificial element in loving the way God wants us to love. We have to sacrifice our pride. We have to sacrifice our resources. We have to sacrifice our time. Something's gonna get sacrificed. When you love the way God loves, you're willing to lay something down for 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 the good of someone else, for the health of someone else, for what is best for someone else. But then that as we're loving, we would also grow in knowledge, that we would understand, that we would believe deeply. Paul would say in Romans 14, 5, let each man be convinced in his own mind. And then as we believe deeply, we would grow up in our wisdom. And so the longer we love and the longer we believe, the more wise we become. And uh, then when all that happens, we start to bear fruit. And it's a fruit that all credit, like you said at the beginning, we're gonna blame Jesus, Paul blames Jesus. Because he says, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so uh, I would say pray, pray, don't pray a small prayer. Pray the type of prayer that Paul prayed. A prayer that changes a city or a district. That's right. Well, Brett, it's always good to spend a moment with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I prefer our phone calls, which is two of us talking and there's not an audience, so I get to really talk to you, but so grateful. I would just say this, you know, we do a good job, I think, internally of sharing how to get to YPS or how to get to SLU, but if somebody wants to just follow what the Lord is doing in your world, right, I think they can get to the handles of SLU and YPS and all that. How can they follow with what you're doing, both in your previous writings as well as just as God's moving? How can they keep up with you? Uh, my, My handle is simple, at Brent A. Crow. The reason it's at Brent A. Crow is because I came to the social media game just a little late, Steve, which meant a middle schooler at a camp I was doing got Brent Crow and started <laughs> posting about how much I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And of course, that's why we're in student ministry. So my that's handle right. is at, <laughs> at Brent A. Crow. Uh, you can hit me up there, DM me there. If I could do anything to help you, I'd be happy to. God bless. Yeah, really grateful. Thank you for your time. Thank you, brother. Everybody, that's another podcast. Super grateful for you to be with us. Uh, Don't forget to like and share. Give Brad the five-star review, especially since he's not on this one. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Bye.